Yo, 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 what's good? It's your boy Roy, and this is another episode of Sync Gems. Today, we have Morgan McKnight from PMA, Production Music Association. And this organization has been killing it. It's a nonprofit, and they have over 100 library owners there. And a lot of participants. So this is actually a community that that is worth to check out and see for yourself if you want to be more immersed in the sync community and especially in the library community. This can be a go for you. We get into Morgan's story and her learning mentality, which I love. I think every producer, every person in the music and sync space has to be a learner all the time in order to not be a dinosaur in order to 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 be able to progress and she speaks about the music industry and the sync industry as one which is super interesting i haven't heard that in the past and the way that she sees things really really inspires me to get together with the community we talk about how to connect with people from the industry in i guess the proper way and they say there's no one way to do things and there isn't in my opinion but she shares a very interesting perspective about that we also talk about getting paid not getting paid budgets that labels may or may not have and in about minute 32, I think, in this interview, there are so many gems dropped in a row. Boom, 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 boom. So I recommend you stay for these. If you want to support this podcast, please go ahead, rate and review it. This really, really helps. Again, like just go on your mobile and on Spotify, you give it a five star. On Apple, you give it a five star. And if you can review it as well, this means the world. I look at every single review every time they come. And I'm actually going to choose a few people who give great review and get on a free one-on-one call with. So make sure to leave your hashtag or some way that I can contact you. And without further ado, Morgan McKnight. Hello. <laughs> what is happening? How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so genuinely, I'm feeling so blessed to have you here. Um, you're such a, a uh, beacon of light. And also like every time I see your things online and whatnot, I smile. Because, <laughs> because you have like this, this very, um, very clean, uh, very clean look about you, but also this very tongue in cheek and very like uh, you had, I'm going to pull up actually one of your soon. I'm going to pull one of your IGs uh, because it was so good. (laughs) And I I shared it like on, on all my accounts and it was, um, but I I want to, as I told you, I want to get to know you and who you are. uh, What is uh, PMA, PMC and how, what is your trajectory till now? And when did you start loving music? How'd you grow up? All this kind of stuff. Just like free free shoot. Just start from the beginning? Yeah, just start from the beginning. Okay. Which beginning? 
<laughs> what? Um, let's start with like the first time you've noticed your appreciation for music. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, man, that was a long time ago. I've loved music forever. Um, for as long as I can remember, I thought for the longest time that I was um, going to be a performer. I used to have like backyard concerts at my mom's house and and really thought that that was like the trajectory for me growing up. Um, but I also played sports. So I ended up being a little bit better, <laughs> a lot better, <laughs> a lot better at sports than I was at like the the making of the music and kind of the, the creative aspect of, of the music. So, you know, went in the sports direction and my, my like immediate childhood, but like through that was always the person like doing the mixtapes or, you know, burning the, burning the CDs for uh, your warm ups and so on. Um, and then, you know, that actually brought me into uh, college where I, I went to an art school. Uh, I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco and it was all hands on. It was very much an art school. I studied multimedia communication. So um, a lot of media uh, production, a lot of at that time, Twitter was new. So like learning, uh, using social media and radio and kind of all of these different um, avenues or mediums for, for media. Uh, learned it all, played soccer for a few years, and then um, got into radio. So I worked at a radio station in San Francisco for about three years, internship to um, some street team stuff, to some, you know, um, in afternoon show production, help uh, blogging, like things like that. Um, on a minimal level, I was still in school, but I was I was there probably every, every day um, at that time, you know, we all of us were there every day I guess we hung out all the time so when we weren't working we were we were in the studio and that kind of um was my first real introduction into the importance of relationship as it pertains to like your career um met one of my best friends to this day uh there and, and we've been close ever since and you know learned a lot about the ins and outs of of the music business and uh, the radio business specifically there. Um, from that, went a whole bunch of other places. Um, was looking at law school before I found the uh, Music Industry Administration Master's Program at Cal State Northridge and um, immediately was drawn to it. There was just something, you know, I thought at that time I wanted to go to law school. So I was looking and looking and looking for programs around LA um, and then came across uh, the the uh, MBA at uh, North Northridge. So that applied for that. Um, got into that kind of on a, a whim, like very much got accepted the day before classes started. It, it all really felt meant to be. I was just kind of going with it. Um, started and then uh, a year and a half into that or about, um, I guess, maybe 14 months or so, 15 months or so into that. Uh, kind of was more engaged with the PMA, found out about the job, and then um, started that process. And the rest is is history. So here I am. So it's kind of always been a love for music, but not sure of a direction that I wanted to work in in the business. Um, and then I think that this job really, you know, in this community, really like the production music community, really found me. We found each other at the perfect time, but um, I think really found me. So the um, 
coming into PMA was when you really made the transition from this is my professional thing to this is a, a like a thing that I like uh, uh, dabbling with? Or when was, uh, did you have a moment where you transitioned from this is my, my passion to this is my, this is what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I think it came after I, we had our, the first PMC, the production music conference that I put on and that was in 2016 was my first one that I did. I think after that, um, having gone through, you know, pretty much a whole calendar year, you know, then finishing up that the year after the conference, then it really, I was fascinated by the fact that I felt like I knew nothing still. Um, a lot of the times in, in career paths or in jobs, I, I would get to a point where after like a year, year, you know, 10 months to a year to a year and a half, it just was redundant and there was no more learning and I, it, it, there was no more growth. Um, so I think when I realized that I still didn't know anything, um, I just put on an event and I think that's, you know, to, to be transparent, a lot of that is why I came into the position and, and got hired into the position was because of event production experience that I had, um, previously. And then, you know, obviously, uh, marketing and, and some digital social and some other things that kind of tied in well. Um, but the event planning aspect of it was a natural fit. Um, so when I could do the event thing and then realize that there's this entire world to learn, um, it was kind of head down from there. And then, you know, a few years into it, 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 it just became, you know, it became family. It became community. It became, you know, my extended thousand cousins uh, that I see a couple times a year. And it's, it's just, it's, again, it's been a blessing. So um, yeah, there was moments, I think it planned, you know, when I, when I planned that conference and then um, I think recently over the last few years, the, the commitment to the community has grown, like the advocacy for the community has grown and I'm finding connections in between like the law stuff that I wanted to do and kind of the community work here. So it really is um, just blending very nicely at this point. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, you're touching so many things. I want to actually, I, I want so to touch I said, Where do you want me to start? No, I, I love it. That's, that's the treat. <laughs> that's the treat. Every conversation is like jazz here. Like, I, I, I love it. Like, there's, there's, uh, there's a tree and and that's that's what the, what the story gives me it gives me branches to 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 talk about and w- what i love is the the um, a few things first of all is that you came from uh, um a, a pl- let's say platonic love for uh music uh but you had like a certain extra where like music connected to gym or to whatever and it gave you drive it gave you something it, it gave you um, a meaning to do the other things and then you got into event planning which doesn't necessarily have to do with music but has everything to do with music um, and then y- you you decided that you're not learning enough and that's the biggest thing in my opinion because you are it shows that you are a constant learner, that you're a student, that you're, you love, uh, you see things from an outside perspective. How do you observe yourself as, as let's say you're stagnant or you're moving or you have this, you know, like how do you 
differentiate between the feeling of standing in your standing still to to being able to really expand from something? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think there's moments for both. And when you pay attention kind of like internally, but also like pay attention to your surroundings, you can start to feel when those moments are. Um, I think for me, I've, for me, I'm always more on the like, okay, let's keep going. I rested a little bit. Let's keep going. Let's, let's keep going. I think, you know, to your, to what you just said, there's, there's always something to learn. So I kind of feel like if I stay still for too long, I'm going to maybe not get left behind. Cause I'm not, I don't believe that like, I think people get left where they're they're They stay where they need to be. Right. They, they get left where they need to be. Um, they're on their own path, right? So if they leave your your life, it, it's neither here nor there. Um, but it's, you know, I think you you have to be constantly, I guess I'll say this for me. For me, I had to be constantly, I, I'm never done learning. I think that even in this job, I've been here eight years. I, I didn't know anything seven years ago, and now I maybe know 85%. Mm. <laughs> and then they launch, you know, this new platform and then this streaming service and that, you know what I mean? So especially in this business, you can't be still for too long because you're going, you're going to be confused. Uh, But that means different things for different people. You know what I mean? Like for me, moving forward and and continuously pushing forward and, and, and looking for growth or looking for, you know, whatever, whatever that means is representative of, you know, that the community needs and those change all the time. So if you are, are too still and too like comfortable in the place that you are, there's nothing wrong with that. I love stillness. I think stillness is a beautiful thing. Um, but you can't necessarily stay still for long periods of time if your goals are bigger than stillness and, you know, where you are currently. Um, for me, the the growth was I mean all of my growth I will say happened after I, I moved and got uncomfortable and left my home state and did the whole thing that they always say get uncomfortable and then you know it'll all change and you it, it happens like I think you do need to get uncomfortable in order to you know um, I mean just grow so when I got here and and was in a new place I found myself like recommitted to learning and not distracted any longer. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, again, it's, it's hard. I, I don't know um, when you should push forward and when you should stay still, I'm still figuring that out myself. But again, for me, like really listening to myself has helped me and, and, you know, write my goals down. If that's what I want to do in five years, kind of set these ambiguous timelines and sometimes hard timelines for yourself so that it's just kind of marinating and like happening for you. And then when you need to be still, I feel like the universe will tell you to be still and then you'll be relaxed and you can keep pushing. Um, But again, that depends on everybody's like space of comfortability and what their, their goals are for themselves. Mm. So yeah, that's that's a huge again, there's so much 
there's so much there. But was okay. Let, let me let me reverse. Was there a point where you felt like this is where you had to to pivot in order to become where you're at today? Uh, yeah, and I've I've pivoted a, a bunch of times in my life. Um, mainly, well, there's there's tons of different like variations of pivots, but like career wise, um, I think when I pivoted it back into school when mm. I went back into school um I think that was probably the point of my life that sent me down you know the the real music business career yeah. path and that was a that was a pivot I was you know I was working full-time and and uh grad school nights and weekends so it's you know it was certainly a couple years of of hard work, but then, yeah, I mean, it definitely that making that decision, um, was something that certainly changed my life. I love it. Yeah. The constantly moving part of it where we are, uh, uh constantly evolving and moving towards something. And you said also about uh, something that really hit home for me. It's like, basically what you, what I perceived it as is you're always by yourself. You're always alone. You have to, 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 to understand that that in the end of the day, you make your own decisions, whether you have your uh, biggest community or whether you're on your own. In the end of the day, you are the driver of all these important decisions, life decisions, whatever decisions, go to the gym decisions. Um, and and yeah, that's that's a huge thing because I feel like I was there where I was like, I have to have this mentor. I have to have this person. I have to have uh, these friends. I have to, these things will make me something. Um, and then it's not, it's completely not true because the person who drives this train is me. And, yeah. uh, and, and I choose how much load to take on. Um, so I love, I love this on so many levels. Um, and, and, yeah, this this brings me to the next the next area. This this part of your life, these last seven seven years, have been uh, PMA, right? Um, yeah. So, what is PMA, and what what uh, our listeners are mainly mainly composers and people who are either either seasoned uh, in the in the sync biz or they are just um, um, just. Uh, putting the tip of the, their toes in the water. So what is PMA and what is it for? What is it here for? Yeah, it's the Production Music Association. It's a nonprofit group or a trade group uh, representative of essentially the entire production music industry. So that is publishers and composers, uh, also tech service partners that have you know clients in the space, PROs, um, so on and so forth, clients, music soups, kind of everybody in that that kind of uh, that community of production music specifically. So production music also meaning like very, very specifically like the library space. So as you know, you know, Roy, and I'm sure, you know, some of your listeners maybe not all know that there's so many ways to accomplish the same goal. Um, there's so many ways to get your music into media. And production music libraries, the production music space is just one of those ways. So we focus very much, uh, we hone in on that particular area um, in order to like maximize maximize for our community. So um, publishers, composers, the industry or the uh, association has been around since 1997. 
um, as predominantly a publisher organization uh, that has since grown into, again, a full representation of uh, the production music community. So um, we do, you know, are we basically operate under three pillars? It's education, it's advocacy, and it's community. So everything that we do intertwines with at least two of those pillars, and most of them cover all three. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a great group of, of people. It's about 150 or so company members, uh, library members, and, you know, five, five, six hundred uh, or so composer members. So we're, it's, it's, it's a pretty significant um, piece of the production music space. And again, continuing to grow and it's, it's international, right? We have members from all over, all over the world, all, every continent, I always say this, every continent except Antarctica mm. um, is covered. So it's, it's, it's vast, right? It's very diverse. Um, and, you know, I say diverse as it pertains to territories. I still think we have some work to do um, on, on, you know, the, the other uh, aspects of, of diversity, but it's a great group from all over, um, tends to learn. There's lots of, if we think that the U.S. sync market is uh, interesting or confusing or there's a lot to it, um, add every country uh, into that and uh, it just complicates it a little bit. But it's fun. It's a great group. Um, we do a, a conference every year. We do multiple events, virtual and in person throughout the year. But the biggest one is our, our conference, um, which is 700 to 800 people, again, from every territory, pretty much every continent, except Antarctica, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, it's, it's a great time. It's three days. And it's it's just a really, really positive and impactful. Um, it's an impactful event. So and that's I'm biased. I've been doing it, but also I've seen the deals that come out of it. So it's it's not without merit uh, that it, it's it's there's a lot that happens there. So it's, it's a good time. Mm. Yeah, you you've touched about you've touched on something. We'll touch the BMC. I'm I'm coming. So uh, um, you got a representative from Bali, and uh, and, and shout out to Antarctica. If there's somebody listening from Antarctica, show show yourself. Like they they want to have you there. They want to have you there. You know, the skills can come. There's a chip on. Mind. There's a chip on Morgan's shoulder. You can hear it in her voice. But um, w- when you were talking about the the sync industry in uh, in in the states versus the world, what what do you what do you refer to? Yeah, so the U.S. is a well, what they like to call free market. So the the negotiations are are different. There are certain things that um, libraries can do, or or maybe not just libraries, like publishers. There are certain things. Um, that can happen in in the U.S. as it pertains to broadcast um, or like streaming or uh, the the deals in between publisher and uh, broadcast company and or the deals between publisher and composer. Um, as you you know, in the U.S. we have ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC as and you know as our three main PROs. Um, it's not common to have three PROs. We're the only country that has multiple PROs uh, representing the same space. So it's things like that. The policies are different. Um, the trade policies are different. The IP policies are different. So copyright protections, 
Um, you know, in some territories, they're fighting. There, there's legislation. They're they're trying to lessen the copyright length after you die. So, like, there's there's just it's just constant changes in policy and legislation all over the place. And it's not just necessarily specific to like music. It can be something as it relates to the trade, like trade, um, or you said like IP and any either any of those things can really disrupt um you know any uh, anything <laughs> the whole the whole system uh really at any point um but thankfully you know this is why there are collaborative groups uh copyright groups and and so on that that work on on behalf of this stuff all over the the world but yeah i mean library wise it's you know it's it's deals it's splits it's you know maybe uh, uh for example uh, the U.S. We don't. There's no um, mechanical broadcast royalties for U.S., but there is for you know other territories. So just things like that that are nuances. And when you think you have it figured out, you get a sink in Germany, and then you don't know how to get your royalties from GEMA, right? So it, it's it's just it's a vast, moving, constantly changing business um, that you know <laughs> we're fortunate to be in. Mm. Is there like a current thing that um, that really sits in the forefront of you as you are kind of uh, learning and dealing with this landscape? Are there like new things that you are kind of getting exposed to lately that you want to share? <laughs> nothing that that no, no. I mean, nothing that. Um... I mean, I guess I can, nothing that people don't, are, are, AI is all really everyone's talking about at the moment. And that's at every level from, you know, composers to uh, our legislators. There's working groups in, in Washington that are focused on, on these issues. Um, there are court cases, as, as I'm sure folks know, all over the place around AI and, and training and fair use and what's, you know, what's going to be legal and what's not going to be legal what we're what we're finding is is the hiccup which um i don't think should be a surprise but i guess i will offer my like don't freak out yet um vibes out the world if i possibly can you know there there's not the the rulings that we've seen come down thus far and and again, I'm not saying this could never change right like this is going to be dependent on our legislators and and Anything can happen yeah. <laughs> when you say it like that. So but as it stands and kind of where we are right now, right, there's the question around, okay, fine, but if it's not copyrightable, it's not licensable. So that that appears to be the roadblock that I think if, if, if that appears to be the roadblock. And uh, I was going to say, if they want to take composers out, they got to figure that hurdle out, mm. but I'm not going to encourage them to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, again, it's, it's, it's too early. I think there's too much happening with it. I, I don't see it running rampant. I do think it's a tool, right? Like it's going to be a tool. We just don't know what that looks like yet. Um, mm. and the, you know, as far as information wise, I mean, again, it's all very fluid, right? Cause this, we're not, we're not the only, the music sector is not the only industry um, impacted by this, right? The the whole like intellectual property copyright groups are affected from the medical scientists to the authors to, you know what I mean? Ed, 
screenwriters, like every every IP um, is, is artists, photographers, you know, like every IP is impacted. So the pressure that is on, you know, the, I will say our, our Washington, I guess, in Congress, the pressure that's on from various groups, not just domestically here in the States, but also in every territory. And again, there's different rulings, you know, Japan uh, recently had a ruling, I think that, and I don't know, if, I'm not up to date on it. So I don't want to quote the like final ruling because I don't have it in front of me. But there was there was something in Japan that came back ruled um, kind of in the opposite direction of like in favor of AI. So it's too fluid to like freak out about. Um, and I will say, I guess if it's reassurance, I hope it is. I don't think that this is going to, I don't think that this career path is going to go away. Um, and, you know, we're not, it's not, it's not as scary, I think, as we think it, I don't, it's just not, I don't think it's as scary yet um, to warrant, like, freaking out. Mm. Yeah. It's, but everything, yeah. you never know. Interesting. Like, yeah, because I know that a lot, uh, I mean, a few, quite a few libraries, there's a lot of, um, in, in the past year, uh, samples has been something that has been uh, really on my mind. And I see like, and I see libraries like making their own sources and I see uh, some things. What are, what are current, um, I guess, things that you see, uh, that you see libraries I guess what are current trends right now with with libraries around around uh, the the world because you know so many of them so I'm just yeah. uh, I'm just gonna put out a general question and see see where it goes. See where it goes. Yeah, great question. And by the time this goes public, this could all change. So I'll just put it out there. Um, but we've seen a lot of libraries tap more into um, sounds from different countries. Um more you know world i don't want to say worldy because it but but sounds from different countries um and like you know for example a publisher i, I just saw a publisher post a um does anyone know of mariachi players in mexico in you know in mexico so there's a lot of that happening i think to expand and i i feel like this happened because of streaming so when streaming, you know, and, and the content on streaming expanded, I guess, um, that content was coming from everywhere. So the opportunity for variations of sounds that maybe, you know, like an APM maybe only had, um, this is not the case, but maybe yeah, only had yeah. like ESPN in the States mm -hmm. and then the ESPN was, you know what I mean? So there's different sounds. So whereas now like the Netflix, when they, they released this, uh, you know, a documentary or a movie worldwide that was literally made in like Indonesia or somewhere like that, right? Then it's, and then they're doing the music after the fact. Sometimes they need filler, you know what I mean? So I think that the world, like the, the authentic instrumentation from different territories has been wildly popular. Um there's a vast, there's like a push on a push for um, like lo-fi, relaxed, chill music. Again, I think as a, not, I think again, as a product of, of streaming and playlisting, 
Um, but as far as like the music itself goes, like the styles of music outside of, like I said, the, the authentic, you know, authenticity of the instrumentation kind of on a more like global scale. I mean, I'm still hearing like a lot of everything. Um, and it depends, right. It depends, you know, who, what network we're talking about. It, certain networks sound a lot of like they sonically sound alike all day, right? Some have variations. Most of them sound pretty similar. Um, you can start to tell, right? Well, when you are in it for long enough, you can start to tell like where you think the sounds are coming from. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, the, the genres and like the styles of music um, trend-wise still all over the place. I guess I would say the the quality right now I feel like is the trend mm. and I don't think it's a trend it should be a thing but like it's mm. become the talking point of like what we're doing oh yeah oh yeah I love that I love that you're saying that because this is uh it's it's definitely a transition that I that I also see so I'm I love the fact that you're saying that and I actually like the fact that it's going that way and uh that people are shooting for more qua- quality quality over quantity kind of thing kind of model um yeah. because it gives uh it gives a lot more people an opportunity uh to to be really great at what they do and actually stick out um so i i actually really really appreciate what you are what what you're talking to here is there a a mistake that you constantly see composers doing um, that you would like to, to bring up? Um, I really, yeah. I think that the biggest, well, there's two things. Uh, I'm going to say two things. I think the first thing is you need to be really careful what you say and to whom you say it. Mm. Um, I think that we all get frustrated and there's always things that we're not going to like. There's, you know, maybe a deal you don't like. I think that, you know, be careful what you say and whom you say it to and where you say it. Um, this, the entire music business, by the way, this is not just applicable to the entire music business is like this big. (laughs) It's tiny. It's like 2% of Mm. the population. It's Mm. tiny. Right. Like it's this big. So when you start to meet people and people start to know who you are, it, it takes it doesn't take it's going to take less time for you to fuck up your reputation than it's going to take for you to build it. So be careful. Um, and, ch- you know, but but that doesn't mean like be fake and like be weird. That just means like maybe just be careful. <laughs> Um, be careful that you say build the team around you that you trust build the the people around you that um, make you feel like yourself like your whole like authentic self because that's really important in, in creativity um, and if you feel you know like just be careful with who you build the team around you that is is going to look out for you um, and and you know keep that keep that tight while while you're kind of expanding your own individual branches right the second thing I will say that um, I think is social media has made people very comfortable in 
reaching out and messaging. That's all fine and dandy. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm was very much of a mind um, before that social media is a great service, like, you know, to, to get in touch and to follow people. Um, I think that what a lot, like a huge frustration that I hear, not just on our side, um, but also um, on for music supervisors, a lot of them that are my friends and that we just, you know, we talk often. The, the approach that, um, the approach that people like message with is sometimes like very off-putting. So like if you're reaching out to me and I don't know you, um, and I'm a music supervisor, so I actually have a, a need, right, to be pitched, um, and it's, like, informal, and, you know, you absolutely need this, I'm the best out there at this, like, the, the entitlement that comes through in messages, um, like that is a turnoff. Um, the lack of doing your homework, like, very simple, and I'm not, I, People still, like, I still, you know, well, I answer the simplest questions and it's no problem, but the simplest things, like, people will message me or email me and say, here's my my music for your next project. And we don't license music. We don't we don't take music. We're a nonprofit. Like, we don't do any of that. And it's very clear when you go, you know, and it's, it's our website's there and it's linked in, in my social media and then the PMA social media and, like, you know, it's not inaccessible. So the the lack of I don't know if it's lack of comprehension or or awareness or you know the the mass right the mass spam email like slow down slow down on the spamming of your links out and be more intentional about who you're reaching out to and learn about them get to know them feel like if you vibe with them you vibe with their content you know, if you like what they post on Instagram or, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things that you should do first um, before you throw yourself at somebody in in the DM. Because the worst is it's going to get, or the best case is it's going to get deleted. The worst case is you're going to get blocked and never be, you know? So you just, just learning, having a little more patience and I guess taking the mentality, the entitled mentality out of it um, is going to do, would do wonders. It'll do wonders. Everybody, I shit you not, everybody is the best. Everybody is the best composer and the best producer and the best guitarist and the best pianist. Everybody, everybody. Um, give me something I, you know, like, like, okay, <laughs> what, what do I end? You know, so make it, make it relatable. Like be, I always say this when I talk to new composers, you are a human being. Be a human being. Treat human beings the same way that you need to treat, you know, like this is no different. This is a partnership. This is a long game. This is the long-term industry. You are not here to make a transaction and go on your way. You are here to make relationships and you will have to have that relationship for what, like a minimum of a year but truly like a minimum of three years because you want to see royalties from them. You're going to need to like, you know, stay in touch a little bit. So it's, it's long. You can't just say, thank you very much. Not pleasure doing business with you. I'm on to the next. Like, no, it's a nourishment. It's a, it's a building. It's, it's a relationship type of thing. So 
you know, slowing down in your outreach and really being more intentional about who you're reaching out to and why. And you're going to yield more results quicker than than spamming your link out to, to thousands of people. Let that sink. Um, I'm, I'm letting it sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already did a bunch of that. Uh, you saw it. But um, it brings me to something that you, you wrote on your socials. I have it in front of me. Um, but, but this came up to me in the perfect time. Um, so this is uh, somebody hit me up and he saw what I'm up to. And I'm, 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 not, I'm not shy that I've, I've done things with the, with the biggest publishers like BMG, whatever, Universal. Um, but I don't, I don't use that as my flex. It's like in my profile, it's, it's there, a portfolio. If you want to see it, it's there. Um, but somebody hits me up and goes, hey, uh, I'm this and that. And uh, you're, you're really cool. And I heard that you, um, you get paid to work, like that you, you ask for payment to work. Well, I'm this dude and I'm so great. And I'm like, and literally like with this, with this tone that, that is in the end of it, he said, okay, now I'm, I'm stopping the flex. Like again, like this, uh, a little bit of a tongue in cheek uh, uh, approach to it. Um, but basically telling me why he doesn't want to pay me for my work. Um, and then I see <laughs> it hit me right there and there, then and there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't take on any unpaid work to help you make money at this time. Thanks for thinking of me, though. That's I, I've. It's just like this is this is so amazing. It, it was so amazing to me, and I, I I would love to know where where it meets you um, in this space that we are in. Yeah. Well, uh, this is a funny story because that actually was definitely unrelated. <laughs> uh, our business specifically, but I do want to tell the story because I think it's really important. So I, along with like having this role and, and being um, with the PMA and, and running this whole thing, also, like I said, hustle. Uh, I like to work. So I have side things, right? I always have something else um, going on on the side. So for a long time here, this was in, or in California, um, but now in Texas, it's, it was coaching soccer. So... I was coaching soccer here, I basically left the club that I was working with. And then there was another club that um, I was basically speaking with to kind of help grow, you know, help their business development and, and um, coach a team and kind of so on and so forth. And I went through a couple meetings and it was cool. And um, I was like super excited. I love coaching. I think it's just, I played soccer in college. It's like my and the kids, it's just a, a good way for me to like get outside <laughs> um, and, and, you know, have a little fun. Um, so throughout the communication, you know, I was told then one day, like one morning, I got a text that was like, tryouts are tonight, be here at X time. This is this and this is this and this is that. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I'll be there. And then I was like thinking and I was like, wait, I don't have an offer or like anything on the table. I don't have anything that says anything. So I, you know, wrote and I was like, hey, you know, looking forward to tonight. Can you please like send me an offer so we can have paperwork on and, and so on. Um, and then they sent over a volunteer coach packet or a coach agreement, volunteer coach agreement. And I was like, so I'm learning about this event or this, this, these sessions at 8 a.m. in the morning. The session started 5 p.m. 
It's four hours of my night. And I am, I'm for no, for nothing, just for fun. Because I, I can't just to build and you want them, you want me to help be a face because I'm a woman coach and all these things to build your teams for fun. So that is kind of where that stems from. But transitioning that into, you know, a little bit of what we were just talking about, but also kind of this industry and kind of how we navigate it, right? Because it's not, it's not ideal. It's not an ideal um, trade business where you are handing something over for a piece of paper that says, maybe (laughs) (laughs) if it does, then here, if not, I don't know. So it's not like necessarily normal. So I do understand the frustrations and I understand, you know, the advances conversation and kind of all of these things um, that, that encompass, uh, you know, this industry. What I want to say about it, first and foremost, you should never work for free. So you, you don't have to work for free. These companies have money. You don't need to work for free. You don't need to do projects for free, even if it's a percentage on the back end. You know, it's just, it's not, I'm, I'm not of the mind that you need to work for free. I understand helping a friend out if you want to, you know, like I'm never opposed to a favor or whatever, but I just, I feel like we, you know, as creatives and as composers and as artists and musicians, mind you, this is how it works on the record side too. The advances are just much bigger, (laughs) but then you don't get paid for two years ever. Mm. Right. So like, it's not any different. It's just the length of time and the way it's structured is different. Right. But like the concept is the same. So all of that to say, you know, knowing your value and, and, and holding on to that value is you're going to, Turn away the people that don't value you and you're going to attract the people that are going to add value to you. So you don't need to work for free. If you choose that for yourself, that's your decision. But never feel pressured into, I have to do this for free for my portfolio. There's plenty of projects out there that will pay that are maybe small budget projects that will pay for your, you know, that will contribute to your portfolio. So, um, and honestly, the the where it comes from is i mean it's it's you know profit profit margins at the corporate level right it's it's not it's they can mo i will say 98% of the time they can afford to pay you something mm yeah because i mean i see uh, with a lot of libraries that they don't they have like a policy that they don't really pay upfront mm-hmm. fees do you do you think that it's worth pushing it for like, let's say, uh, um, yeah, I mean, like even smaller publishers, would you say that as an artist, it is, uh, it, it, it's actually a good thing to, to say, hey guys, like um, this is great that y'all are a small publisher or whatnot or, or whatever publisher, like, uh, um, tra- like I'm, I'm just going to say trailer houses. A lot of the times, yeah, there's like an, a huge fee if you get the trailer, but if not, your track just sits there, collects dust. Um, and I haven't, I haven't figured it out with my, with myself. Are you, do you think that every, every one of these, uh, places can, can, can bring out, can take out the their wallet for that case? Um, no. And here, well, here's where I think it gets a little bit sticky, right? Because I guess in certain cases where, you know, maybe a library is commissioning you, for example, to do a full album with orchestra or whatever, whatever. In those cases, 
Um, I feel like, and this isn't always going to be the case, but I, I would say in those cases that those are moments that deserve costs covered and perhaps, you know, an advance for time. Um, in cases like, you know, there are a lot of libraries that are really like distributors. Um, so they're not producing in-house, right? Like APM is one of them. APM is the biggest, but they they don't produce any music in-house. So it's all from other catalogs and it's all distributed right through through them. They're so a huge sub-publisher, like, yeah. Yeah, so in cases like that, it's like, in their case, no, right? Because it's not, it's, it's representation, it's distribution and not necessarily I'm hiring you to do this concept album for us. So I, I think that they're where, and again, this is, we talk about nuances, the, the nuances in this industry are all over the place too, right? Even in this specific little tiny one. So it's, it's hard to give a straight answer because am I, do I think that everybody, all artists and labels and artists in general, songwriters should be able to make a living off of their music? Absolutely. At 100%. And I will continue to like fight for that. Um, but it's, as you know, much bigger it's 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 not just that doesn't limit itself to the production music space. Um, so I think that there's larger there's there's larger like priorities and larger pieces of this puzzle that I think um, we need to I'll say tackle first or like crucify first mm. before we get into like really what the fuck are you doing libraries yeah. right? So it's gonna depend on the project. It's gonna depend if you shop you know, one song to a library and they really love it and they want to put it on an album. I mean, negotiating, you know, for what maybe a hundred dollar advance or a $200 advance. It's not a lot of, it's not a lot, right? In some cases it's bigger, but they're not, they're not high amounts. So is that worth like risking your longevity um, in, in your career? And again, it's, it's for everybody to weigh. I know some publishers are trying to make it more of a habit to, uh, or, you know, trying to ramp up advances and, and things like that, or, or, um, session fees and so on. Um, so we're getting there. I think that there's, there's work to be done, but I, I feel like, again, like there's just, there's like bigger fish to fry kind of. And I think that once those fish are fried, that some of that will like lighten up, um, on this, in this level of what we're talking about here right because the livability will be different or should i hope is different at some point so yeah the 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 observation of it that you are presenting is just like a long-term relationship as opposed to like a one-time fee um that that can be the case and cannot and it's just i feel like this whole conversation is around like the relationship that you build with this pe these people will also enable you to ask down the line. So, mm -hmm. so that's actually something I love. And, and I'm saying that from a perspective where I've, I, I've had albums that I've made that I haven't gotten paid for. Um, but I'm really happy I did because they've, they've pushed me to a level professionally and personally where I'm like, I would actually pay to learn the, these things, to be honest, like at, at some, as a professional, you know, like you were talking about learning and expanding and, and even though uh, these aren't guaranteed paydays right now, uh, would these $200 uh, per track change my life? Probably not. Um, 
the way that I the way that I I see it is again like this is all a long term thing, and 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 pushing too hard for something too soon is something I've done. Like it's a mistake. I've burned bridges, um, and I had to recover myself from from some really good collaborations that went went out the window because I I wasn't able to barge, but but um, as well. As sometimes I wasn't able to barge, and that's that's, and I stand my ground on it, and, and that's cool. And these are the relationships that I think that what I'm taking from this uh, interview is 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 the biggest thing is I, uh, um, not barging is all right if it is for the sake of a relationship. If 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 you feel that something is off, if you feel that something is out of your uh, um out of your scope, out of your you have a feeling in your body. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. there's an itch. There's something that doesn't feel right. Like a person that's super shady. Like the story that you were saying, it's like it, it shows. It shows who people are when they send you. Like, and by the way, you're coming for free. It shows a certain level of unappreciation to. Uh, I don't know if it's a word, but unappreciation to your to your n- not appreciating your uh, your valuable time and what you are doing. And that's uh, that's a red flag to me. You know what I mean? Um, yes, but I think, and I want to just be super clear. I think that goes for every single human being that you encounter, uh-huh. right? Like we're talking about the human to human interaction. So yes, I value my time as I'm sure you value your time as I'm sure, you know, the next person values their time. So in every relationship and situation that you're in, it's a respectful approach of, Hey, if I, you know, how would you like to be asked? something put you know like try to think about the other side of things when you're pitching uh, or when you're when you're reaching out like I, I you know just some of the LinkedIn things I get it's like where what are you what what goes through people's minds mm. like I I agree you know again, just slow down like be more intentional about your relationships and how that seeps into your career but then also how that career like amplifies your relationships right like it should kind of ebb and flow together yeah it's a, it's a huge it's a people's business like it's i feel like there are pl- other places where you can say it's more of a, a, an online transaction but this is definitely like a hundred percent of people's business and i would argue that this is one of the reasons that i'm i'm, I'm coming to to uh, pmc is because i want to show my face like i want to uh, i want to actually be able to connect to the people it's all right to be um, in your uh, in your room uh, in wherever you are yeah. in Italy, but uh, y- at some point you will have to uh, to have a little bit of an edge on other people. And if you show your face, like uh, uh, the guy who connected us, shout outs to 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 Marcus because he's listening. And um, he sh- like what I love about this dude is that he shows his face everywhere. He's just like the, yeah. he has this omnipresence about him. And what I am, what I'm leading to is this is a people's business. This is, you can't just send me a template that goes like, um, want new production for your something that you don't even know what I do. I, I produce myself. So I don't know. I don't need your production. Thank you. So, but the thing is, it just, it, it comes across as very, as very um, lazy. Um, especially these days, I used to do this. I used to do the 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 template, the bombing, the all these kind of things, and f- and I'm telling you, like this this shit doesn't doesn't work. So 
if you're sending me a message, if you're sending Morgan a message, let's start from the both of us. Like, you, you start by doing a little bit of you. You now you know I like dogs. Talk to me about dogs. Yeah. You know, like it, now you know Morgan has four dogs. Shit, I want to know what. Yeah, I want to know what. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll your Instagram until I find all four of them. Um, but um, yeah. but you know, like the, the thing is, uh, um, the thing is, I feel like uh, for, I'm I, I've gotten so much. I just want to put put this into a, a little a little thing. Is is I. I can't stress more how this is, how you, you, in this day and age, you need to come across as a person um, and as a human. And, and with all the, the technical stuff, that, all the mumbo jumbo that we were speaking about, AI and all these things, like this today and this day, and what, what is it? Uh, it's July, 2023. Human connection is the most important thing. Uh, in my opinion, and and it can also uh, it can also reinforce somebody's loneliness if you are sending him this this shitty message that you 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 just feel like sending to everybody. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost say like I would rather like ask questions. Mm. I would rather get a, a question. Hey, I'm not really sure. And trust me, I do this all the time, right? People will say, I'm not really sure if the PMA is a good fit for me or if this industry is a good fit for me. Can you chat? Or or maybe you can help. Or you know what I mean? Like very kind, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. In the ask questions, because in those situations, I'm like, A, you know, happy to help. B, like it's part of my job. But C, like super happy to help. Like I love to help people find their lanes and there's plenty of people like me out there that that want to do that for you, especially in our community, right? Like, I love the production music community because I kid you not, it's it's just the kindest, most collaboratively competitive industry you will ever be a part of. It, it's it's literally competitors, but they're quite again literally business partners in other territories. So it's just this massive web of like friends mm. that work in the fields. And it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal feeling to like know that people are there to help you. But if you come in presenting yourself, like you got it down and you got it, it's, it's, it's not, it's hard to believe. It's not believable. Right. Like, cause I, I don't have it all together. My bosses don't have it all together. Like we talk about it all the time. We're still learning. We talk about, you know, how to manage global licensing in the streaming age. And guess what? Nobody knows how to do it. <laughs> no one knows. So all these things that change. And that was, you know, these are examples of like things we've experienced as an industry to say again that it's always changing. So to approach it as if you got it is not the right way to approach it. You can think you have it all you want. And I encourage that. Please. Feel that in your being. Know that you got it. Know that you are that girl or that guy. Like, feel it. Love that for you. Um, but when you're approaching a human being, assume that that person you're talking to is also that guy and that girl. Mm. So it's, you know, like be like, keep everybody at the level playing fields. And, and it's that the old, the, the age old, like treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO, right? Like it's the age old whatever of be a human being and and not every human being um no human being is ever entitled to something because they feel like they are 
Mm. Um, so that's what I would say. Wow. That's, that's a huge uh, thing. And, and that's a, an amazing place to, to, to leave the conversation, in my opinion. Where can people connect with you and uh, connect with what you do and with uh, PM, uh, PMA and the PMC and all that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the PMA website is pmamusic.com. There you will find uh, all the information about the the conference as well as like our membership. We have composer membership options um, that include like demo derby uh, listening sessions once a quarter virtually and monthly networking um, sessions for members monthly and a whole bunch of other uh, elements that help kind of facilitate this human to human connection that we've been talking about all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so really all about like trying to put faces in front of faces and, and just essentially the goal and the mission of the PMA is to advance the value of production music. So I can't do that by myself. You can't do that by yourself. We all have to do that together. So um, having these kind of collective conversations is is really um, been a fun and rewarding experience for us and, and kind of uh, the whole industry uh, to help the whole industry grow and, and maintain value. So the PMA music, uh, pmamusic.com, um, our Instagram and like all of our socials for the PMA are at the PMA music. Um, and then my personal Instagram is just at Morgan McKnight. Um, and then Roy ha- has my permission to share my email address to anybody that um, reaches out and, and may want to learn a little bit more and connect with me. Uh, Roy can do so. Amazing. Um, yeah, you'll have all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on, Morgan. Thank you. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. There were so many aha moments for me and highlights in this, in this episode with Morgan. I hope that y'all loved it as much as I did. And if you did, please feel free to give this podcast a five-star rating and a review on Apple. If you want to share the love even more, share one of the posts on socials. This really helps. And a few times a month, I'm going to choose by random a person who I am going to go on a free one-on-one session with. So when you write a review make sure to leave your hashtag so I can contact you and potentially get on a one-on-one with you. Anyway, feel free to hit me up on socials, sending y'all all the love and see you in the next Sync Gems episode. Peace.